Welcome to the Running Refresh Podcast, where hot takes and debates on the sport of running are more than welcome in the studio and for the good of the sport. Running Refresh is hosted by Logan Lummel and his refreshing guests. Welcome to the Running Refresh Podcast. I'm joined by Eric Holt, 148 in the 800, 335 in the 15, 354 in the mile. Recently was the NACAC 1500 meter champion. We're talking North America, Central America, and the Caribbean, um, and placed fourth at the 1500 at the US trials. So, Eric, introduce yourself. Where are you from? Where'd you run in high school, college? Where are you running now? Awesome. I, no, I'm, I'm very honored to be here. Uh, interesting enough, not a lot of people know this, but I, I was actually born in Illinois. I was born in uh, Hoffman Estates, Illinois, and I moved here in uh, second grade in New York. And I've been living in Carmel and, you know, now I'm like kind of like living around Carmel, like Patterson. But uh, yeah, I was born in Illinois and, uh, you know, I got into running in eighth grade and, you know, I remember uh, I had some success and I've always been kind of like in and out of running. But uh, every time I'm about to like quit the sport, I make a huge (laughs) breakthrough and I'm like, oh, wow. And then I just keep on going. But uh, yeah, I, I went to Carmel High School. Uh, I was a state champion my senior year in class of 2013. I went to uh, Binghamton, which is like a mid-major school. And I uh, won six American East titles. I never made NCAAs or, and I only made regionals once. So I didn't have like the very fast times. And then, uh, you know, I had a little bit of resurgence in 2019. I broke four for the first time ever. And then then in uh, 2020, I got picked up by the club I represent now. That was started by uh, one of the rival schools in high school. So it all comes back to high school. (laughs) um, One of this coach who started named Tommy saw what I was doing on Strava and recruited me and you know, he was the first coach I've ever had in my life that immediately said, like, he set the bar high. He was like, one day you're going to run 352 uh, for my team. And, you know, I was like, really? And it, it was just so exciting. I, I never had a coach yeah. that, you know, set the bar that high. You know, all the coaches I really had for most of my career, you know, thought maybe I could have ran like a 359. You know, um, they, they never really had high hopes, but... I, it's it's been really fun because you know I graduated uh, college in 2018, thought I was done with the sport, and kind of like lost passion. Didn't really want to run anymore. Wanted to like you know get big and swole as they say. And <laughs> you know I took like many months off from the sport, and you know it's it's really interesting because you know I, I had such a resurgence and. You know, I'm running so fast and I'm running these times that I thought I could run when I was like 17, 18. And when I got to college, you know, I was just trying to like make uh, instant delays, yeah. and maybe crack under the four minute barrier. And now it's like, you know, we're talking about potentially, you know, you know, sub 350, like the goals are just so high and it's exciting. I mean, it's like unbelievable, like the love for the sport I have now and the excitement I have and the environment I have, I, you know, I wish I had it when I was in college and yeah. it's just, it's such a good, great experience. And, you know, I'm so happy, you know, I, I didn't give up yeah. uh, this sport. It's incredible to hear. And you're running for empire elite, right? Yeah. Empire elite yeah. track club. Yeah. 
Okay, so this podcast, I'm I'm the host, Logan Lummel. I'm a future teacher and coach, current runner, ex-soccer player, trying to provide some unique perspectives on running for my guests and learn more about their passions outside of running as well. Today, we have an elite perspective from Eric Holt, the Bolt. I recently, <laughs> last week's episode, we had a draft, five best things in running. And believe it or not, I drafted Eric Holt uh, as one of my five picks uh, with Max and Cooper. So, you can check that out. I post running related content every Sunday at noon um, Central Time. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube at Running Refresh. So first, I'm going to interview Eric. Then we've got you know fun segment, factor myth, and then also rapid refresh at the end to wrap it up. Bunch of rapid fire questions. Okay, so my first question: In a tweet, you said that you started track and field in eighth grade, but you thought you would be done in one season. Can you elaborate on that story? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, uh, you know, my dad and my family, like, you know, uh, none of them were really into uh, track and field or, you know, they, they, they never really seen it as a sport. You know, my dad was a big football and basketball player. You know, I, I'm a naturally a bigger guy. I weigh 175 and I was always a bigger guy. And, you know, I never really thought of to be, you know, a runner or to even do the sport. I remember being in grade school and I told my teacher, they're like, what do you, if you could do anything in the world, Eric, what would it do? And I was like, oh, I'll be a professional athlete. And I envisioned myself as a baseball, football, you know, basketball player, you know, and I, I, I always had a feeling I would be a professional athlete, but I never thought like a track athlete. And in eighth grade, I remember uh, I, I went out for the modified, which it means middle school the middle school eighth grade uh, basketball team. And I remember my dad and, and I would like practice laying up. I had to do like like 10 layups in a row without missing, have like a mid-range shot. And I remember we went to tryouts in eighth grade. And I remember uh, the modified coach would told us like, hey, you know, I know I've been to a lot of your birthday parties, but we're going to choose the best like uh, 15 guys here out of like, you know, Oof. 60. And I remember that was kind of a red flag because he knew so many of the players. And I remember the trial. I felt like I was the best player there. And I remember, uh, spoiler, I didn't make the team. And I remember, like, one of the guys was like, oh, man, you were killing it. You deserve to be on it. And I just remember feeling so depressed because, like, I wasn't playing basketball in eighth grade and I didn't know what to do. And at the same time, my dad was like, all right, like, maybe we'll, we'll do a different sport in the meantime. And I remember I was like at home playing video games, not socializing, kind of depressed. And uh, I joined the varsity uh, track team. And this was uh, in eighth grade. And I would have to take like a, a transit bus, like after middle school ends, I took like a bus from the middle school to the high school, which was like some miles away. And, you know, um, I, I just remember like running with like a lot of the seniors on the team and the track team wasn't that great. And long story short, like I was like, ended up being like one of the best guys as an eighth grader. And, you know, I didn't get that much attention from uh, the like the head track coach. But I remember I ran a race. I beat the best senior uh, at Carmel and I ran 455 in the 1600. And uh, like, it, I remember just like the feeling of joy my myself and, 
it was just like everyone was like, who is this guy? He's only in eighth grade. And I, I remember thinking in my mind, I was like, wow, that was cool. Like, you know, uh, most sports, there's like nepotism. You know, they select you through all these tangibles. But like yeah, not only running. was I eighth grader, I was the, the best kid on this track team. And I remember thinking in my head, I was so stupid. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll break four minutes in the mile next year win a few state titles and then go back to like baseball or basketball or football like i i didn't realize that you know breaking five minutes is one thing but you know getting better is like a whole nother thing so after you know a very successful you know eighth grade um i i decided to like keep on uh you know doing running and with this projection and I, I did freshman year of cross country and, you know, by my senior year, I ran 407 in the 1600. I won a state championship and I, I basically kept on running. And basically every time I wanted to quit the sport, I had a little bit of a breakthrough, some cool things happen. And it's like, it's like a butterfly effect. You know, if I made that eighth grade modified basketball team, I probably wouldn't have ran. So, yeah. It's weird how that works. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And I watched your 1500 at the NACAC championships. What was going through your head on that final lap when you kicked for the win? You know, I was going through a lot of pressure. This has been like a, you know, a a tough year because, you know, people thought like, because I told a lot of people like I was done after, you know, 2020. And, you know, people want you to, like, get a job and, you know, start, like, a career. So I was under a lot of, like, pressure under my parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after, like, 2021, it was such a great year because my PR in the 1500 was, I think, like, 344 in route into a mile. And so I proved from that to 336 in one season. And, like, I I had a resurgence in running. I was loving it. Like, I was PRing and everything. And not making the finals kind of stung. And I was like, ah, I can't quit now. And in 2022, it was like a tough year. I wasn't PRing. Like, I was struggling to, to get good again. And uh, I remember um, after my very successful uh, fourth place finish at the U.S. meet, I talked to a few guys and they told me essentially that it was luck that I did as well as I did. Oof. Like, uh, they're like, you're lucky. It was a slow tactical race. You know, a lot of weird stuff happened. And, you know, uh, someone like you got fourth. And so going into NICAC, I wanted to prove that it wasn't a fluke that I made that team. I wanted to prove that, like, I was deserving. So I was, I was very nervous and... I remember uh, I had to run on a treadmill every day because it was uh, with humidity. It had a real feel of like 105. And so I was like living like a monk. Like I didn't like really have fun or anything. I just read, ran on the treadmill, hydrated. Like I really didn't do anything. I, it was basically like quarantine. And I was so nervous of like having fun and having like a disappointing race. And I knew like, hey, if I want to prove these doubters wrong, that I want to prove that my fourth place wasn't a fluke, I need to win this race. And I remember I kind of like, per, I predicted exactly what was going to happen. I'm like, I guarantee you the Canadians, Charles PT, because he told me like 
he wanted to run quick a few months ago. So I was like, as long as I skip right on Charles Petit, and plus, like, warming up was terrible. What, what I think most people didn't realize about that race, it was 105. Like, yeah, I warmed incredibly up with hot. Ice on. Like, I, it, I had an ice vest on right before I had to go on the track. And I was, like, scared to take it off. It was, like, it was so unbearably hot. Yeah. But I believed, like, I warmed up. I hydrated. I did everything I could to get myself as ready as I could. And I just, like, predicted the the race because I, I everyone thought it was going to be slow. No one thought they were going to, like, break 350. And I'm like, yeah, it's really hot, but we can still run fast. And, you know, I, I ascertained, I, I predicted that the Canadians were going to go out quick. And I just had to do what I did every single day at, at, at working out. And, you know, I won it. And to me, that was just like, all right, I proved to all those people that, you know, USA's wasn't a fluke. So that, yeah. that felt really good. That probably lifted a lot of weight off your shoulders. All right. Yeah. And then what is Holt Mania to you? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I, I felt like through my whole life, I, I kind of was like an underdog, you know, um, you know, I, I was like a little different than, you know, some runners, even throughout like my high school career, I, I always had like a kind of a bad form and, you know, for whatever reason, um, I didn't really get like amazingly good until I was like a senior. And I felt like, uh, a lot of people always, you know, slept on me and, you know, I never got like the praise from a lot of the, like the big D one schools and even when I went to college, you know, and even in high school, I had a younger uh, teammate who was basically just as fast as me. And I remember in high school, everyone thought this kid who was two years younger than me. He's the the real McCoy on the team. You know, he's going to be like the professional runner and not me. And when I was in, in, in college, it was the same thing. There was someone older than me who was like, you know, uh, who, who was like the big time runner. And the second he graduated, this guy younger than me. So I, 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 for me, Holton Media represent like just like a, an unbreakable spirit, you know, proving people wrong. And I, I just felt like throughout my whole career, I, I always feel like the odds were against me. I'm the underdog. And I just yeah. want to show people that like if you have a heart, you know, you can achieve anything. Because I feel like also like what always pissed me off about me was – I always felt like people like limited me, you know, I would always tell people that, Hey, you know, I think I could run a 355 and people like, nah, nah, nah. Like you probably genetic limits, maybe 359. And you know, you're not that quick. Your genetic limit is this or that. And I just never yeah. like believe in that. And like too many people believe that myth that they have like certain limitations. And it's like, if you just work really hard and you're passionate and you believe in yourself, it's, it's kind of crazy what you're able to accomplish. For sure. To me, you know, it's just that you're easy to root for, you know, embody what it means to get the most out of yourself. And I think, I think more runner, runners relate to that than, you know, anything else. It's, it, to me, it's kind of hard to relate some of those runners that just, you know, act like they're superhuman or, you know, people talk like yeah. they're superhuman. I mean, we're all just humans trying to do our best, right? So that's what Not it means either. to be. And then, can you tell, you know, the story about how you originally joined Empire Elite? You touched on it earlier. So how did that work? So it's a really funny story. Um, uh, I kind of like t 2020 was a weird year, you know, because of COVID. And, you know, I, I, I was like, I didn't know what to do. And honestly, COVID, I, I believe, saved my career. 
because, uh, you know, I was training uh, on my own. I, I ran for Garden State, but I, I did all my training completely by myself. I never trained with anyone, never ran with a single soul. And like, I didn't know what to do really. So I kind of did what I did in high school, which is just uh, crush every single run. <laughs> and I had like a weird philosophy because I, I stopped running in like 2018. And uh, I remember uh, when I got back into running, I was like, all right, I'll just run only five miles every day. Like I only need to do like, you know, at most 30 miles a week, but I'll run every run at like, uh, you know, uh, sub six minute pace. And so in like 2020, I, I, in like 2019, like I was training like an idiot. Like I was just like crushing <laughs> runs and then like I would burn out and like restart. And the dumb training managed to work maybe two races and two of which I broke four. But other than that, I was running like 419 some races. I was so horribly inconsistent. And so if COVID never happened, they would have had the Olympic trials in 2020. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have made it because I just, you know, the training was like dumb. And I would have given up. You know, I was like, all right, it's time to move on in my life. My running chapter is over. But what happened was COVID happened. It was postponed. And so I was like, well, I told everyone I was going to run until the, you know, the 2020 trial. So that's what I'm going to do. And, you know, I started uh, my Strava and I started in 2020. And uh, anyways, I, I was like updating like my Strava every single day. And people were like, this guy literally runs like <laughs> Seven miles every day at 540 pace because I was like, I hate strength work. I'll just like crush every run and then I'll just do one workout a week where I do quarters at sub 60. Like the most sim simplicate, like archaic running, like as simple as you can get. And anyways, I started getting this comment by uh, Tommy Nohilly, who's one of my coaches. And he's just like, call me. Uh, talk to me now. You you need to join Empire Elite, and like I didn't want to have a coach because I had a I had a coach who one time told me like I like I told him my goals was to make the final at the the, the twenty twenty Olympic trials, and he's like you're not good enough. And so I remember once he told me that like I was like done with him, and I was completely by myself. And I was like, dude, I'm so sick of what these coaches is telling me to retire, stop running, having no belief at me. And, you know, I feel like I was kind of like a laughing stock because I just trained like an idiot. And um, anyways, uh, I decided to give uh, Tommy Nohilly. I knew him because he was uh, the coach at one of my rival high schools. And, you know, I was like not really into it because I'm like, oh man, I'm going to get another coach who doesn't believe in me like every single other coach I've ever had. And, you know, it, I'm so glad I joined and I instantly had, you know, great training partners. I had like Johnny Gregoric who was a 349 miler, uh, Colby Alexander, who's now ran 333. So it was like, and not only that, it was like less than 40 minutes away from where I lived. I was like, oh my God, this is a miracle. As if God intervened. It's like, hey, Eric, you got, a, you got a track club right where you live. And I was like, this is such a coincidence. And so it made, and like, 
it just made me like relove this sport. Like I, I kind of like lost the love for it. And it's just like, it was such a coincidence. And, you know, um, you know, I love the guys and, you know, I'm such a workhorse. So it works really well for me. That's the issue too, you know, with pro running, you know, the cost of finding a coach and it working, you know, with your life and all these things, because, um, you know, post-collegiately, you know, there's just more factors, more variables, what you want out of your life, where you want to live, stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that, that is kind of crazy just how it all worked out. And then, you know, the, tell me about the team itself. So, you know, how, how is that working for you? The training, um, like your teammates, how's that going for you? Well, you know, like I said, it, it worked out really well because in, in 2020, I had Johnny Gregoric, I had Colby Alexander. So I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. I just got to attach myself to these guys. One is a 349 mile, the other is a 333, 1500 guy. So as long as I do whatever they do, I'm going to achieve what I want to achieve. And that's essentially what happened. And it just also made me trust, you know, their program because I knew it worked for these runners. So I knew it could work for me. And it was, it was very exciting because I knew this was my last ever chance at this sport. I knew if this didn't work, it's never going to work. And I always was like that guy that said, only if I had this or that opportunity, I could achieve the goals I set out for myself. So Empire Elite gave me the opportunity to chase those goals and you know it, it worked out it was yeah. it was awesome and it was such a good feeling and it was awesome because it was the most I enjoyed running ever since high school and I felt like in college I kind of like grabbed the sport but like I, I just like fell in love with it and I think part of it is just the way the atmosphere is we, we don't mm -hmm. have that many athletes but we're all here for a purpose we're not here because of scholarship we're here because we enjoy and love the sport and we want to run fast and we have yeah. passion for the sport. And, you know, uh, we don't have Johnny anymore and Colby kind of trains uh, in Cleveland. So uh, we have uh, Isaac Updike. He's like a 818 uh, steeplechase runner and maybe 817. And then we have another 818 by uh, Travis Mahoney. So two sub 820 uh, steeplechase runners there. Almost at every practice, we got Tommy Nohilly's son, Ian Nohilly. He was a two-time state champion uh, in high school. We have um, Ben Allen, who is from Minnesota. Yeah, uh, he's from Minnesota. Yeah, he's a recent sub four. He's ran three forty. A lot of talent. We have um, Luciano Fury. You know, he's ran one forty six. He was like a one fifty two guy in college. Uh, nothing burger wow. and he improved like <laughs> an insane amount like his story yeah. is also just incredible yeah and i I'd think what makes it's, it's really worked well i i'd say i mean the whole program like you're saying i mean it's not just you but your team it, i mean it looks like a great group to train with for you yeah no and what makes it great is like if you're showing up to practice like our like we talk about our goals and and like our coaches like yeah you know um I know you can you can uh, make a world Olympic team. You have the talent. And when you have coaches just believe in you and, and telling you you can do something and, you know, them themselves were sub-four milers, 
uh, John Trotman made the Olympics in uh, 92 in Barcelona, and you have another one who was one spot away from making the Olympics in 92 and 96. It just makes it, like, you know, so much fun. Like, because that's what made, in my opinion, high school special was, you know, th- there was, like, no limit to your potential, you know? And that's what made funny run running fun. And then I felt like when I got to college, you know, I was uh, like, unfortunately, not many of the kids had that spirit, you know, people just wanted like, I feel like their goals were very limited, maybe, you know, realistic, but I feel like the, the, the team I'm on now, you know, everyone has ambitious goals and we all want to run incredibly fast. And, you know, we all have a chip on our shoulder, you know, uh, we're an unsponsored club. We hope to be sponsored and we hope to, you know, do as well as any other club sponsored or not. Yeah. Okay. So I'm a, I'm going to bring it back for this next question. You probably have never thought of this race in a long time. So often people think success and progress is very linear and you've already talked about this. So I found your first track race listed on Tifers in college, a 3k where you ran an 852 at the Cornell Triangular. Uh, what yeah. do you remember about that race? And then how has your perspective changed since? Okay, so there's there's a lot to unpack. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. So when I was in high school uh, at Carmel, we didn't train like any other high school. I always got annoyed because my senior year, you know, I, I had some impressive times. But what most people knew is I was very inconsistent and I was very low mileage. Like the way I trained in high school was completely polar opposite it was like a different sport than the way we train at Binghamton it was like low (laughs) mileage but I had like four workouts a week it was just very bizarre and when I got to Binghamton you know I was like one of the best recruits we've had just in terms of like my some of my PRs which now it's funny is like nowadays these high school kids (laughs) my PRs wouldn't even be (laughs) and uh I remember I just like came in pretty cocky Thought I would be the best runner. And I remember my first freshman uh, cross-country season, I didn't even make the top 10 for cross-country conferences. Like, I was complete garbage. And part of the reason is I I thought, like, the training was just, like, I never really did more than, you know, 40 miles a week. And I was, like, it was just all workouts in high school. I didn't really do, like, runs. And, you know, when I started doing like 70 minute runs, like I never did anything like that. So (laughs) it was, it was tough. So going to my freshman year, I also had scholarship and a lot of kids resented me for that because it's like, oh, he can't even make the top 10 for the Mary, uh, for Binghamton. Like he sucks, you know? And, you know, people knew I had scholarship and I remember going into that (laughs) 3k And it was just so bad. I mean, I, I tried my hardest and it just like went, it went poorly. And I think, you know, it's just like the transition from high school to college was really, really rough for me. It just like everything about training was just so different. You know, school was hard. I, I had a, a terrible diet. I didn't sleep enough. So, you know, I always tell people like, um, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I've always been very inconsistent. And there was some times in my career 
you know, people really question if I was even good at running. And um, I I do remember that race. I remember getting beat by almost everyone on my Binghamton team. You know, the the only good news is the only uh, you know the only the only uh, bright spot is I ended up running one fifty three and I believe four thirteen that season. So I, I kind of turned it around. Okay, that's good to hear. And then, what are the challenges of being? you know, unsponsored in the pro scene of running, which it's just kind of ridiculous. Some of your times, you know. Uh, well, for one is like as I'm right now is you got to live with your parents. Uh, the other thing is you got to buy your own shoes. Um, uh, you basically have to pay everything out of pocket. Um, it, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, you know, I would love to do altitude. I would love to, you know, you not have to worry about buying shoes. Uh, it's like kind of everything's a bit old school. You know, when I go to the gym, I, I, I have a gym membership. And a lot of times you have to, you know, have a side job and, you know, you, you, you work as well. And to be fair, it, it gets very frustrating because you see so many guys that you believe you're, you know, doing better than, and you see like the amount of resources they get and you get mm-hmm. none of that. And, you know, it's, it's kind of tough. It's like, you know, being part of empire, I love empire and I wouldn't leave empire, but it's like, man, if I think I could like maybe walk onto like another track club and, you know, life would be a lot, you know, easier, a lot different. But uh, I will admit, you you do appreciate it more. You know, it makes you yeah. maybe ways hungrier, and you know, any opportunities you get allotted to or you get awarded, uh, yeah. you very uh, appreciate it. Yeah. So if anybody's listening right now, loves Eric, you know, just hit him up. <laughs> just hit him up. He deserves it. He yeah. deserves it more than anybody. All right. So. My teammates at WIU and other young athletes are going to watch this. Um, what advice do you have to them to wrap up, you know, this interview portion? Um, on a, you know, uh, some good advice is um, always believe in yourself. You know, always, you know, have belief, you know, in what you're doing. Because if, if you don't believe in yourself, if you start to have self-doubt, it's over, you know, um, is uh, and I, I I truly believe this as long as my coach the biggest fuel for running is not mileage, it's not talent, it's your intrinsic motivation. You know what intrinsically motivates you. If you run from that fuel source, you'll have success. That's like that's where your true you know um, raw talent and energy comes from, and that's what motivates me more than anyone else. That's why it's not easy for me to wake up at five a.m. to go for a run or you know, do any workout is I, I have a lot of intrinsic motivation. There's a lot that's motivates me and that motivates me more than money and anything else. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy, you know, a, a lot of other people, uh, maybe in different places, but I tell everyone, if, if you want to run fast, find what motivates you intrinsically. And then on top of that, you know, uh, consistency trumps all. A lot of people will like crush runs. They'll have like a week where they do insane amount of mileage. But if you want to have results, consistency will always win. You can't have one or a couple good weeks and then four mediocre weeks. 
Every week has got to be impressive. Every week you got to consistently eat well, sleep well, lift well. You know, everything's got to be happening well. Like, like if you want lifting to work, you got to consistently lift. If you want nutrition to work well, you got to consistently eat well. If you want sleep to work well, you got to sleep well. And, you know, it's really hard, like, especially in college. Like, I, I never did any of those things as well as I'm doing now. But if you consistently, you know, have good training, you will do well. And I, I tell everyone, like, you know, when I was younger, I thought it was about like one or two, you know, good weeks, maybe like four or five good workouts that you string together, but everything's got to be impressive week after week after week, you know, and it, yeah. and that's what happens to a lot of good runners. I feel like they have some amazing like results, but I'm like, man, you can't stop working hard. You got to grind week after week. You got to not stop because the once you stop and you, and you stop with the consistency and you stop with doing everything right, you're not going to, you know, have the results you want. And, that's what I think is the toughest thing about this sport is there is no luck. It, it's about your, you know, your will, the, what you put into the sport, and that's what you're going to output. For you know, sure. uh, if you fail, if you fail to prepare, you know, prepare to fail. And <laughs> the sport is a prime example of that. And it's very hard because, you know, like, you know, if you're in a relationship or a job, it's almost like running's kind of ha- in a way has to come first. And, you know, it, it's, it, it makes it very difficult, but I always tell people that. And like, I don't want to hear your most impressive, like workout. You need to have impressive, like you, everything's got to be like kind of impressive and you don't have to crush everything. You know, I had, I had like a couple years where I did almost every run at sub six minute pace and I was awful. And now I do runs like at seven minute pace. Like it, it and it's not about just killing your body. Sometimes you know, if you have workouts where you feel good and you just find this rhythm, a good like form, that that's way better than just, you know, killing yeah. yourself. So I just think it's about consistency, you know, self-belief is trumps all, you know, you got to have self-belief. But um, I would yeah. say that like that's that's the secret to success, man, is you just got to believe in yourself. You got to believe, you know, you can achieve these goals. And, and you gotta have consistency. Yeah, and that's some, just gotta... that's some awesome advice, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that concludes the interview portion. All right, now we have fact or myth. So, a segment where I ask Eric Holt, the most reliable source in running, whether he thinks these statements are facts or myths. Okay, alone is the best television show out there. I actually like Alone very much. Um, is it the best? Um, uh, I'd probably say no, but I really do like this show. It, it, I do. What's, what's I, your I, favorite then? Oh my god! That's <laughs> see the thing is, it's like music and like anything else. It just true, changes. True. It, it just changes. changes. There's no best show. It's it's what you're interested in at the time. And the thing is, like, which is great about the world we live in, it constantly changes. But I do like the show alone. It, it, it's like one show I would definitely not want to be part of. Hell no. I would, <laughs> I would hate to do that. Yeah. I would I would, I would fail miserably. Like I love eating. I love being warm. <laughs> I can that only tolerate opposite. that for a couple hours doing a workout. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't seen it, they literally um, put people, like 10 contest- 
contestants and they have to survive off of the land and they don't know how many of the other contestants dropped out and it's just like the last one standing pretty much yeah and it's okay. like uh in like northern canada where yeah. you have like the worst winters you know yeah. humanly possible like it's <laughs> it's a fun show to watch it's like it's because it's like to me that's what hell is it's like that's just like a situation i'm so glad not to be part of okay the body and mind are connected fact or myth fact 100 percent. 100 percent. you know uh if like one thing is like if you have negativity, you know, you're going to be negative and, you know, I think you're not going to feel as good. But if you like, if you just have like fake confidence, you know, sometimes if you just believe in yourself, you, you can just do better than most people like, uh, you know, think you can. Like, I remember hearing about a study where they like, I, 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 I just can't really think of it, but they like fake the results and they had people like pass a test and they told them they failed. And then long story short, like the people that had like the, the fake passes uh, ended up doing better than the people that had the false. Yeah, uh, I would not negative. be surprised. Okay. So hundred percent. Like yeah. your, your, your mindset, it's unbelievable what a mindset can be. Like I remember when I first broke four minutes, the only reason I really broke four was because one of my competitors, you know, saw me run a 419 mile a couple weeks ago. And he told me not to get in front of him because he was scared I was going to slow him down. And that motivated me enough. I'm like, all right, well, I don't care how I do, but I'm going to beat this kid. And he ended up running uh, 359 and I won the race running 358. Point being is like, if you truly are motivated enough and you get a certain belief in your head, it's it's unbelievable what you can do. Okay. Comparison is the thief of joy. 100%. 100. 100%. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I get so annoyed with people these days. They go on social media and, you know, I try to like, I was at this like youth camp and I'm like trying to inspire some kids like, oh my God, you're so fast. And they're like, well, these Newberry Park kids and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, one of them beat me last year as a pro. I didn't go say, oh, wow, I need to quit this sport. I got beat by high school. Hell, throughout my career as a college kid or post-collegiate, I got beat by at least 10 high school kids in a mile. It, it happens. Who cares? Yeah. You know, some people are really good when they're really young. Uh, don't compare yourself because if you compare yourself, you're not going to ever want to leave your room because you're going to think you're so like, <laughs> useless and pathetic, man. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, every time I go on social media, I'll just see like a 14 year old who's like a self-made millionaire and like 10 times more successful than me. You know, it, it just, the second you start comparing, you'll just, you know, think of your, you'll just be depressed and feel like you're inferior. It's, it's so stupid. I, I hate it so much. And <laughs> it, it's one of the biggest problems with our, you know, our society. <laughs> yeah. Okay. New York Knicks over Brooklyn Nets. What are your thoughts? Okay. I, I grew up a big Knicks fan. Uh, Jeremy Lin, the Lin sensation was the, the highlight of my uh, Knicks, you know, career but the, the it's such such oh man it's just like 
I don't believe in New York teams at all. Even in like football, I just don't believe in them at all. I'm like these. It's just a farce. None of these teams are gonna like win. So uh, I can't really. It's hard watching the Knicks because I just have to like their management is just terrible and um. But like it's the same thing with the Nets. It's just like it's New York teams. They suck. They're they're not gonna win. <laughs> You're only as good as your last race. Fact or myth? Fact, hundred percent. You know, um, uh, you're only as good as like, you know, honestly, your like last workout, and that's the thing that's so rough about running is you could be like an unbelievable runner one season, and then if you don't put in that sacrifice and hard work again, you're just not going to do well. You know, in like other sports, I get so envious because I'm like, man, these guys like, you know aren't as serious as us runners and they're like oh well i just like understand you know the routes and stuff and they just like have success and i'm like man like as a runner it's just like sometimes you're like oh god i gotta grind again i gotta mentally push myself so hard again and no matter how many times you like do a hard tempo or hard workout interval it never gets easy and you have to do it because otherwise you're not going to have the success. And so every year you have to mentally callous your mind. And, you know, um, if you're not like having success workouts, you're, you're just like not going to have the success in the future. And so, yeah, hundred percent, you know, um, what you did three years ago doesn't matter. And, and that's why I tell young kids, I'm like, listen, you know, I'm sure being, um, a great high school phenom sounds awesome but you know what happens is like i knew a few kids that you know were four flat milers sub four milers in high school that never panned out and you know you don't want to be a person a lot that of is not like is doing like maybe okay in college and then you get people on let's run the shit on you and laughing about you like that would be miserable so you know yeah. uh and that's the thing about running is we're all human you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know many people that can run really fast times without, you know, grinding, and working really hard for it. Okay. Last one. Times matter more than wins. Fact or myth? This is a tough one. I would say myth. And the reason is because um, uh, when I was like a senior, you know, or even in like throughout like high school and pro, like there's always so many people like I'll see that run like unbelievably fast, but they'll never do well in championship races. And like you could run a three forty two mile, break the world record in the mile, but if you don't get top three at the Olympic trials, like if you're not really you know winning championship races you know, are you truly the best runner? And I think, you know, winning a like you know, I, I've talked about it. You know, I, I, I've, I, I've, I've mentioned like I feel like you know, even though like a runner like Matt Centuez never, you know, you know, set a major U.S. record, like he won a gold, and that to me trumps you know any of Alan Webb's accomplishments. And I, I just feel like uh, winning championship races do trump all. And obviously, as a runner, you want to do both. <laughs> like, yeah. You want to have the championship uh, accomplishments and you also want to have, you know, 
the record breaking times. Yeah. That's why it's so nice, like early in the season to get a good fast race in. And then the rest of the season, you don't have to worry about that anymore and just focus on tapering for that, you know, mm-hmm. final championship, right? Stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. So that's all for that segment. And now we've got rapid refresh, a segment where I ask my guests too many questions for them to answer in a timely manner. Okay. So, I mean, I ask anything and everything. Uh, what type of music oh. is your guilty pleasure? Ooh, uh, honestly, if I any. like 80s music. And my favorite 80s music has to be like Cheap Trick. Um, but like I said, it, it, it changes a lot. You know, sometimes I just like find a new band and then I just like listen to them. But I'm very nostalgic. Uh, I love 80s music. I think there's something to do with like the wiring of my brain, like some music that maybe I listened, you know, as a school kid in like elementary school and like the school bus. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, I really like this music. And it was just like <laughs> popular music that was playing in like the 2000s. Yeah, yeah for me, <laughs> so, it's country. I mean, I didn't okay. despise it growing up, but I mean, being out in Macomb, Illinois, I don't know if it did yeah. something to me, but um, so you were born um, also where Evan Jagger grew up. Yeah. So, so who is I, the? I was I was born in the same hospital, and I would have gone to the same high school as him. Yeah. I, was, I grew up in uh, Algonquin, Illinois. So, who is the king of Algonquin? You or Evan Jagger? Who's the king? Well, he still has me in the fifteen, um, <laughs> and he's a American record holder in the steeple, and he got uh, was it bronze or silver? Yeah. <laughs> um. Obviously, he he's way better than me, but you know, um. I'm right now trying to take the all-time uh, New York mile record, uh, which is 351. I want to run 350 and hopefully break 350. But to me, being an all-time New York uh, record holder in like the mile like means a lot to me. So okay. I want to do that, and you know, I I really want to make a, a world and hopefully, which would be everything, make an Olympic team. But yeah. you know, obviously, Evan Yeager is. You know, <laughs> Way more accomplishments, a way more yeah. accomplished run for me. Nine close. Maybe you're both kings. Okay. Yeah. Is it okay to wear half tights under split shorts? No. I, I, I don't. <laughs> if, you wear, if you wear half tights, just wear half tights. Like, okay. I, I, so I don't wear, I, I retired from wearing uh, short shorts. I only wear like half tights now because it's just like I, I've gotten too much chafing and. <laughs> I just think half tights just aesthetically look better anyway. So okay. I'm, I'm definitely a half tight tight guy all the way through. And I don't see that changing. Okay. Is letsrun.com good for the sport? That's a great question. So uh, <laughs> ever, I had some funny articles on Let's Run. Like I finally had like some breakout seasons. And now I'm like officially accused of doing drugs. And it's just like... I wish people could see my life. I it's almost wish a compliment. I mean, you know, I do take vitamin gummies. You got me. Um, <laughs> like, uh, you know, the, I think the like, the most dangerous drug I take is like beet juice. But um, and I don't even think that does anything. So, okay. what was your major in college? So I majored uh, in English. Um, uh, my goal was to get like uh, an MBA. Uh, post-graduation but i realized like 
I, I didn't get a full ride in running, so I had to like pay it off. And my dad works in a psych ward. So my goal, so immediately uh, after I graduated uh, Binghamton, I, I did the night shift at, uh, at a psych ward and I worked there for some years. And I was told to immediately stop uh, working night shift by my coach because I wouldn't have showed up to a practice. And I looked really tired and he's like, oh, how much hours did you see sleep at last night? And I was like, oh, I worked. And like, oh, so how many hours of sleep? And he's like, oh, I, I didn't sleep. I, I literally just got back from work. And I remember, you know, uh, <laughs> like I, I literally was crazy. Like I, I, I took really bad uh, care of my body. But the one thing it did was it, it got me mentally callous. But my goal was, you know, to go back and get my MBA. But I was like, hey, you know, if I'm good enough at running, maybe a school can I can teach at and you yeah. know, uh, actually, you know, get like a master's in yeah. business or something. It seems so, like you're not really afraid of anything, but what are you afraid of? Do you have any fears? Ooh, you know, what's funny is I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, like, I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm definitely afraid of ghosts. And I get <laughs> kind of mad because I post on my, like, I do a lot of night runs on this, like on this trail, it's called river run. And freaking, like, I never even met any of these kids, these new Milford kids, high school kids. And they keep on commenting on my straw, like, dude, don't run at night. It's 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 haunted. There's ghosts. And I'm like, whatever. And then now I do night runs. And now I'm scared as crap. I'll, I'll hear something, and I think I see a ghost every, like, two seconds. And I'm like, I hate you guys so much because I am absolutely terrified. You don't understand how scared I am running every night because I I, I double or something. And um, I'm just now like so paranoid that I'm going to see a ghost. And, you know, it's just like, oh, no. Like, so I'm definitely scared of like seeing something like paranormal or like, and I don't even like believe in that. It's just like once it's in your head, you, you can't like stop but think of it. But, you know, um, I would say I'm, I'm always like I, I the, the reason like I, I'm this involved in running is, you know, I, one of my best friends in like uh, at Binghamton, you know, joined the military. He's actually now a Navy SEAL. And I was like very heavily like thinking about doing it. And the only reason I stopped was my biggest fear was I, I kind of always knew I had success. Like my dream, if I could do anything in my life was be a professional athlete. And I didn't want to quit running knowing that I had a special performance saved up in me. And I always believed I could. And there was always something pulling me back into the sport. And, you know, I I truly believe there's something that kept me in the sport because the amount of coincidences that happened and have, you know, contributed to success are unbelievable. And it's like, I, I don't like people to know it's not just me. You know, I've had unbelievable coaches, mentors, and, you know, one of my high school friends, Jacob Sweet, and another college friend, Andrew Sweeney, you know, they told me, please don't give up post-college, keep on going, I think something special can happen, you can run so much faster, and I, it was hard for me to, like, you know, move on in my life post-college, knowing that. I potentially, you know, had a lot more things to do in running. And, 
you know, it was really hard for me. I, I, I had like a period of my life where I'm like, man, maybe I should have, you know, done a different sport because I remember going to like family meetings and, you know, people I'm like listening to like other people talk about like playing D3 football or some other sport. And, you know, people, I felt like I was always heavily stigmatized being a runner, you know, Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you must not be coordinated. Uh, you must not be strong. Uh, you're not a good athlete. And, you know, I'm like, if I'm going to do running, I want to prove people that I am a good athlete and I can do something in this sport. And you can dunk. I heard. I can I dunk and I can bench 215, Sheesh. not right now, but when I was lifting a lot. Yeah. And for me, I did a lot of those stuff to like prove people that I'm more than just a runner. And now I don't I do not do that kind of stuff because I remember I did hurt myself because I was squatting uh, 315. Uh, I, sorry, bench 225. I was, I was squatting 315 and I, I pulled my back and uh, – Honestly, I was just like kind of like ego lifting. I was like lifting just to like prove a point. And I feel like I, I'm i I'm glad and happy because I used to be in like boxing and a lot of that stuff. But I feel like now with Empire Elite, I'm content in in just being a runner. Yeah. And I've only been doing this for the last year where, you know, I felt like in college, in high school, I wasn't, my heart wasn't set on running. Like in college, I, I did a lot of boxing, I was sparring a lot of like kids in the track team that thought they could beat me up. And I was like, oh, I can beat you up. And they're like, oh, you're just a weak distance runner. And I just always like felt like I had to do another sport because I felt like I was a bit insecure with my running because a lot of my family members would tell me, you know, I wasn't a good athlete. And you're just a runner. And like they would throw me something. It's like, oh, can you even catch this? And, <laughs> and you know, at a point I was like, you know what? Screw them. You know, they can think whatever they want. But I'm also not only going to prove uh, that I'm not, I'm not like I, I can, I don't need to prove that I can do other sports other than running. But I am going to prove the sport I do or running, I'm pretty good at. And I think and you have. And I have <laughs> the inspiration it motivated me and it, you know, now it's just like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to do all these other things. Like I don't, I need to, I don't need to, you know, show off and, and people are more impressed. Like no one, no one cares about like the other things I do. And it's, it's tough, you know? And the one thing is like what young people don't realize it's, it's very hard being good at many things. Like for running, you kind of have to be falling on in the sport. Otherwise it's just like, you're not going to have the results you want. Okay. And then you're a fan of anime. So what's your favorite? How do you know that? I do my I research, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I keep that locked up. So it's funny because I don't like talking about it because I get stigmatized. <laughs> but when I was in college, I watched some anime. And that's – you're pretty nutty. But you know what's funny is I didn't want to say it. I don't want to sound like a weirdo. But I remember I would listen to like some anime openings to like hype me up, but I never mention it because like, you know, <laughs> I, I get like uh, criticized. And I remember uh, in college, like I knew so many of my teammates, like, like we, we, we would like be doing homework and they would like open my door and like, oh, I got, I got to show you all these shows. <laughs> to be fair, I haven't been watching that much of it, but yeah. a lot of that stuff definitely, you know, kind of hyped me up but 
it's kind of funny. I, I don't really like mention a lot of that, but I, I definitely, you know, watch a good amount of anime uh, in my time. Okay. If you could get rid of any state, what would it be and why? This is a question I ask a lot oh, of people. Oh, man. You get you rid know, of any state, just wipe it off. I the, used to, So it's funny. Right now, I live in Connecticut mm-hmm. and I, I always hated Connecticut. And in ways, I still do. Because they have the worst freaking drivers. I hate, like, first of all, I, I have so many speeding tickets. I have a, a court date next week to go to. And freaking for some odd reason in New York, I'm the fastest driver in Connecticut. I'm like on all these side rows and these trucks are ramming my ass. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, what is going on? Like, this is unbelievable. You are nuts. In the highways, I'm always the slowest driver. And, you know, I kind of grown a little bit to Connecticut. I, I, I hated like the, like I hated this state, but I, I, I actually tried um, New Haven style pizza. And I'm going to admit like New Haven style pizza is the best yeah. style pizza yeah. I've ever had. And, uh, but honestly, my new, uh, it's always funny. I always make fun of states. I guess it's now it's going to be New Jersey. I, I just, I'm sure there's good parts of New Jersey, but like Northern New Jersey, like Trenton mm-hmm. and uh, Newark, they're just like kind of like really pretty crappy. And every time I have to drive there, they just like have like a bunch of factories with smog and a bunch yeah. of traffic. And I, I have a few guys on my team that are from New Jersey. So I always uh, make fun of them. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's it's got to be Iowa just because my roommate's from there and I got to rub him the wrong oh, way. Yes. He'll listen. So, um, yeah. And then what would you want your last meal to be? What's, what would be your favorite meal? Ooh, you know what's funny is um, I, I was at my sister's place and I just talked about this, but... They went to, they literally, it was like a special occasion and they got authentic like New Haven style pizza. And I mean, that was probably some of the best food I've ever had. Like, and I mean, it's like the, it's very thin, thin uh, crust pizza. It was burnt. Uh, the cheese and sauce is just perfect. And I, I've, I've told everyone like New York style pizza is better than Chicago no pizza compares, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, hey, people in New Haven, like people from Connecticut, your New Haven style pizza, not only is it the best pizza in the world, it's honestly, I, I think I might, but it's got to be from this pizzeria in New Haven. It's like, I forget what it's called, but uh, it's okay. like Fair the enough. best pizza. Okay. And then just to wrap up everything so now we're start to conclude the episode um who are your biggest supporters and then just shout them out just in oh, life been so running and in in high school it's got to be one of my uh high school friends teammates and mentor jacob sweet uh the coach for lamar university in texas andrew sweeney um you know without these two guys i i definitely would not be running obviously you know my parents you know recently they they truly have seen my potential and now you know they've been telling me you got to get a job what are you doing you ruin your life but now they're like hey you know i think you can actually make the olympics like you, this is unbelievable and you know you're only a young one so they're, they're definitely you know more committed um obviously my coaches tom nohilly and john trotman one thing is they don't get nearly enough credit 
They're not getting paid literally anything, and they're there every single practice, not just one of them, both of them, three times a week, and they go to every meet, and, you know, they're they're losing money from doing this, yeah. and they do it because of the passion they have for the sport. It's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. You know, all my all my teammates at Empire, you know, they we all make fun of each other, uh, but they're, they're just awesome. I love the fact that um, – you know, they're as committed as we are and we share a kinship and that is to run as fast as humanly possible. And honestly, it's, you know, when, when I graduated uh, college, I was depressed and sad. I remember I applied, I wanted to be like a teacher of America job and I wanted it so badly and I got like denied and, you know, um, I was like set on joining the military. I was set on, you know, um, moving on in my life. And just like, I thought I was done with running. I really did. And, you know, uh, always when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional athlete. I wanted to do something and be world elite at it. And, you know, joining Empire gave me hope. And it's just been so fun. And I know I'll enjoy being part of this club for the rest of my life. And, you know, I hope to do more than what I did last year. I really do believe I can make a world team. I believe I will get sponsored. And, you know, I want to continue this momentum and it's, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Like, and I'm being honest, I wouldn't been able to do this without, you know, Jacob Sweet, Andrew Sweeney, you know, my coaches, uh, all my teammates at Empire, you know, these, these people, like, I remember, you know, even when I trained by myself, like Jacob Sweet would just like come to all my workouts and they just were like so helpful and, you know, um, most people were telling me to like move on in my life, but those people, yeah. you know, for some reason saw my potential before I did. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's wonderful, you know, uh, it, you know, it's, it's such, such, such a great feeling. And I, I really want to try my best to, you know, help give back and help inspire other people. Awesome. I, I think you're doing a good job of all that. Okay. So if you yeah. made it this far, please leave a like, um, uh, how can they follow you on social media? Uh, I have uh, my Instagram is eholt the bull or Eric Holt. Uh, you can follow my Twitter, which is also I believe eholt the bull. And you know you can follow my Strava and see all my runs. I, I post every day, Eric Holt. And you know, um, yeah, yeah. If you if you just like give me a follow and. You know, I, I I read almost all the messages and comments and I love the support, you know, and I just want to say I love the support I get from my community. Like, it's been great to see all these new Milford kids comment, even though they made me definitely scared to <laughs> run on this road, especially at night, which is funny because I'm doing a double tonight. So I'm going to get a flashlight and I'm, I'm going to run like three, four miles really easy. And the only thing I'm going to be thinking about are ghosts. Thanks to these kids. Yep. So, um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, so if you, I appreciate it. Yeah. So if you've made it this far, please leave a like review. If you're listening on like Spotify or Apple podcasts, something like that, follow along for more running related content at running refresh every Sunday at noon central time. Um, yeah. You got anything else for me, Eric, for, before we end the episode? No. Uh, thank you for, uh, letting me on this podcast. Of course. Uh, it's, it's been great um i I don't know how you knew some of the stuff you knew um i don't remember telling anyone but uh it's been great thank you thank you it's been awesome